Before we get to our special weird edition of Miguel and Holly uh, Uncensored, we got a lot going on in the show today. Uh, Every day that we do the podcast on Monday and Fridays, we reserve the intro for you in the Platypus Posse. That's right. So uh, you uh, download the Hot 101.5 app, which is free, and then you use the open mic feature, and you just leave us like a podcast intro, and you can do whatever you want with it. I mean, it doesn't have to sound any type of way specifically as long as you introduce the podcast. Uh, and then if we do end up using your take, you're going to get a couple of Miguel and Holly masks mailed yeah. to you. All you got to do, if you hear yourself, is email me, miguel at hot1015tampabay.com. Here's the one for today. Hello, MNH fam. My name is Rachel, and I am the podcast number two fan right behind Jacob two times. You are listening to the Bay Area's best local podcast featuring none other than Holly O'Connor, Miguel Fuller, and Scott Tavlin. Oh, yeah! That was the best, girl. I love it. You get it, honey. I would show anything. I'd show my hee hee and my hoo hoo and my ha ha. Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom? And Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hip music. Hey. I love that. Mm. Taking our jobs over here. She's, she's like the hip hop air horn all in one person. Boo, 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 boo. Awesome. Hold on. <laughs> so, 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 uh, hopefully Scott will be back next week. Uh, so we got a lot that we got to get to um, yes. in our podcast today. Oh, we do. Um, so we're talking to, <laughs> it just feels so weird to say it. Re- I mean, get ready. The world. Yeah. <laughs> why known. Yeah. yeah. Tampa Bay-based, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Yes. She's going to be joining the podcast here in just a second. Yeah. Um, And then we will be talking to um Kramer yeah. and Jess, who we used to work with. Now, Holly, are they calling the hotline or the regular number? Now, I believe they're going to be calling the hotline. All so right. keep an eye on that. Because there is a, an anonymous number calling. Let me just see. Oh, that might be it. Hot 101.5, Hello. Hey, it's Carl with Wise Brothers. This Miguel? This is. All right. Well, for some reason, I got the wrong hotline from you or for you, but Carol had it because she knows you guys really well, and she's on the line ready to talk to you. Oh, perfect. Let's talk to Carol. Yes. Go for it. Nine minutes. Okay. Awesome. Carol Baskin? Hey, are you cool, Kathy and You know us? Uh, of course I know you because Keith Lawless is your vice president of Cox Radios and he has been on our board forever and his predecessor was on our board. You guys play all kinds of radio ads for us, which we absolutely love. So we love you guys. Oh, that's so fantastic. That is so great. So Kale's great. like, listen, I got the right number, y'all. Just, <laughs> let me just do this. I love it. Well, um, I have to say, Carol, it's really fascinating because about a year and a half ago, I was listening to this podcast on Wondery Mm. um, about the whole situation with you and Joe Exotic. 
And, you know, I was listening to it, and I remember Keith, our big boss here, yeah. around that same time, I saw him, and, I, and we were just catching up on small stuff, and I was like, yeah, I'm listening to this podcast, and it was the first couple episodes, and I don't remember if they mentioned that you were in Tampa, and I mentioned your name, and he was like, well, you know I serve on the board, and I know her, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? And then... Fast forward months later, we go into lockdown, uh, Tiger King comes out, and then you are a household name. Fast forward, Dancing with the Stars, you're everywhere. And I just saw this about 20 minutes ago that Kim Kardashian dressed up as you and had her kids dress up as tigers for their Halloween costume. I I bet it's a hugely popular costume this year. How does that feel to, to all this happen in a course of a year? Yeah. It, it's just been such a crazy year, and I, I got to say, I love it when people actually do me, and they do me better than me. So Kim Kardashian is me is like the best music there's probably ever going to be. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what it must feel like to be a a uh, not only like a Halloween costume, but like the inspiration for so many. Halloween costumes all in one year and having deal to deal with like not just the the interesting side of fame, which is, you know, the oh, my gosh, I'm a Halloween costume, but all the other stuff, too. I, I know there's a lot. There's been a lot of negativity. How do you personally handle that and keep doing what you're doing day to day? I got to tell you, I was wondering if I walk around the neighborhood on Halloween night, can I, will strangers give me candy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as far as how I deal, how I deal with the negativity for 20 years, I have been going after all of the bad guys. I mean, Joe was just a blip on my radar. There are so many of these people that are exploiting big cats, killing them when they can't use them anymore for those pay to play photos and then discarding them or adding to um, the illegal trade in their parts. And so as a result of that, so many of them have threatened to kill me over the years. Joe has offered to hire a number of people over the years who have come to me and said, Joe offered to pay me cash to kill you. I think you should know this. And so we would always turn that over to the authorities and they just never did anything about it. And so that has been my life for 20 years is dealing with people wanting me dead for trying to protect big cats from them. And so people saying negative things about me that aren't true because they believe what they saw on Tiger King, that is nothing. Mm. <laughs> That's an interesting perspective that I really didn't think about. Anyway. Yeah. Now, what I'm curious about, Carol, and I want to, because one of the things that we always have talked about on our show as you know, we started watching Tiger King is that it's not like we're a radio show in Atlanta or L.A. We know that you live here right. and our radio station does work with you and our company. And so we try to not just present it as here's an entertainment story. But this is a woman who lives in our community. But we also have that other side of it, the other family from your your husband that passed away, that they're saying some things about you. How do you handle the intensity of it? Because before it was just happening here locally, what you were dealing with. But, Mm. you know, when you go to Publix now, you see it on magazines. When you watch a TV show or you turn on the radio, when you hear us talking about it, I mean, that was like a a switch was flipped. Yeah, it's like the exposure got bigger, I guess. Yeah, like how have you dealt with that part of it when it comes to accusations about your ex-husband or your deceased husband? I'm sorry. Well, I think I, I appreciate you making that 
that distinction there because I don't even know that he's deceased, but he's not my ex. I never would have divorced him. So a lot of people that saw Tiger King weren't even around 23 years ago when Don walked out the door one day and never came back. But for those who were alive and old enough to remember, this was the same kind of craziness that happened back then because it was such a mystery and people were, you know, we all had all kinds of theories about what could have happened. So, you know, that has always been going on for me and something that because there's no closure, I can't get past it. So for me, it's just like a repeat. It's like 2.0 of the same story. Mm. But for people that are new to it, it's new to them. And so they think it's all new and that it's all, um, you know, exciting to them. And they all want to get to the bottom of it. And it's like, if I can't get to the bottom of it in 23 years, I don't know how somebody who watched the TV show and did that with all of the research that they did thinks they're going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Mm. How has all of the spotlight affected Big Cat Rescue right here in Tampa Bay? We had to close our gates on March the 15th due to COVID-19 because the way we do our tours, and this was also, you guys live here locally, so you know the way we do our tours is you have 20 people on a tour. We have to keep them very close together. We have a tour guide who talks to them about the issues and why we need to protect them in the wild. And at the end of the tour, we would actually have them call their member of Congress to ask them to pass the Big Cat Public Safety Act, which is a bill that would stop the cup handling and phase out the private possession. But you can't pack 20 people closely together on the tour now. So we had to stop our tours. In Tiger King, they showed the one day a year that we have like five or 600 people on property and they made people think that that's what it's like here every day. People are not allowed to wander around the sanctuary. Right. So because of the fact that we had to close our gates, that cost us a million dollars a year in revenue, a third of our revenue mm. in those tours. And so that's why I've been doing things like Dancing with the Stars and the cameo appearances and launching the VR game and um, trying to get this this um, show with Think Factory out there that will be doing the same kind of things that we've been doing for years, which is exposing the bad guys, bringing them to justice, and then getting the animals into sanctuaries. I'm hoping that those forms of income will help offset the losses that we've experienced due to COVID-19. In a perfect world, what do what would you like to see happen with Big Cat Rescue with, you know, all the tigers and the things that you have tried to advocate for over the years, what does that look like in a perfect Carol Baskin world? My perfect world is a world where all wild cats live free. And I think that we can get there because of the work that we're doing in virtual reality right now. We work with 22 different partners in um, conservation around the world, and we've outfitted them all with these 360 3D cameras so that they can capture the cats that are in their realm of work. And what my intent is, is for us to be able to put a lattice work of these internet streaming 3D 360 cameras that are sending what's happening in the wild up to the cloud and down to people's headsets Mm. where anybody can just put on a headset or if you can't afford a $500 headset, you can go down to the zoo and you can pay 10 bucks to go to the zoo. But instead of seeing a tiger in a cage, you go into the tiger um, amphitheater where everybody puts on a headset and now they are in that tiger's world and they see those tigers living free and doing what they do. 
that's education. That's conservation because the people who live where those animals are are the ones who would be monitoring the cameras and being paid to do that and making sure that the animals are being protected from poachers because that's their income source. So you have to have this symbiotic relationship in order to save the entire planet, and that is my goal. That's really cool. And so you're working on this show and you're working on this game. Would those have um, been in development had Tiger King not happened this year? Would those have just been something that eventually came about? or Because um, I feel like 2020 sort of pushed, especially with COVID, you know, pushed it over the edge to have you doing all these new projects. Like you just said, Dancing with the Stars and doing a bunch of interviews and on Cameo and all that stuff. Do you think that life would have looked that way had COVID-19 not happened, had, you know, Tiger King not come out, or would it do, were were those things sort of instrumental in taking Big Cat Rescue to the next step like this? Most of them were already in process. So the virtual reality stuff we had been working on for years, and we were at the leading edge of that and have over 500 of those types of videos of our cats available online currently on YouTube. And the, the virtual reality game that we just recently launched in Oculus, that was something that I started in January of this year. Mm. And um, we had it ready to go to market by June of this year. So it was already in process. In fact, we wouldn't have been able to do it if I had started after COVID-19 because we didn't have the money to do it. Right. <laughs> so the $40,000 we put into VR, thank God, was before that happened. And the only thing that would be different is the show. If we get the show pitched to the networks, then it probably will be a result of the thing from Tiger King. And so that is one good thing that came mm. from Tiger King. Uh, real quick, because I know, I know you got to go. We only got a couple well, we, of... We got to move on now. Yeah, we, oh. we really got to end it now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Carol, thank you so much. You can always call up to the show. Anytime. You got our number. You live in our backyard. Call us up anytime, okay? Love you guys. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Carol Baskin. That's right. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating to talk to someone who you see online. We talk about it in Hot in Hollywood. And then to like hear them as a regular person talk about it. And like, well, this is my actual life. This isn't just a documentary that you saw and a show and something on the tabloids. Because... And especially like, you know, there was a time when we were talking about that you saw like a Pasco County group that people were like yeah. taking pictures of her riding her bike. Yeah. And that it actually made me mad because I was like, Carol Baskin has not been charged or convicted of anything. Right. Um, and obviously there is still like I believe the investigation is back open on the husband who disappeared. But um for people out here on a Facebook group to be like Ooh, stalking her down, taking pictures, mm. two points if you hit her on the bike. I was right. like, hey, guess what? This is a human, uh, and, like, what's wrong with you? Right. Like, you're not the, th- did you go do an investigation? Mm. So it, it that made me really upset when I saw that, and I was just, I find it so interesting that she's over here living life in Tampa Bay right. as this sudden, uh, new celebrity of sorts obviously Mm -hmm. you know she's been known around the world for a long time but for us who really kind of just jumped on board with tiger king and we've known about it it's so fascinating to me and it's fascinating to me that she just sort of brushes off all of these horrific things that people say um whether they're you know 
I'm not here to comment on whether I, what I think she did or didn't do because we don't know. I mean, I would like to point out that I believe in, you know, you and the Miguel and Holly fam that have sort of been going back and listening to older episodes around that time. Like, I think we did an entire episode of the podcast, maybe two, about Tiger King after you, myself, and Scott all watched it. And keep in mind, because, like, the pandemic had just hit, so everybody was doing nothing but watching Tiger King. It that was, was like, it. the perfect storm, to, mm-hmm. be, to be fair. It really was. And I think from the beginning, I have maintained her innocence and said, listen, I'm not a police investigator. I'm just, I watched the documentary like everybody else. Yeah. But I just have a feeling that, like, obviously this is a smart woman who's a great marketer, who's a great opportunist. Yes. And... I don't say that in a negative connotation because as radio people, our job is to jump on opportunities and to seize them when they present themselves. But she's very, and I think I, back in those podcasts, I said she is a very smart person. Right. Can be possibly manipulative. Right. In a way that always puts her cause at the forefront. Right. And She, she will do whatever it takes to make sure that the tigers and the animals are taken care of. Right. I just don't get the feeling and I say this with an asterisk, I'm not a police officer. I never don't think have met a murderer before, so I don't know. Well, you don't know if you did, did you? Exactly. I don't know, but I just don't get any sort of menacing vibes from her like she would be out to do something. Like, I feel like if she ever wanted to get rid of her ex-husband, it would have been like, I'm going to take your money, I'm going to take your business but i'm not going to murder you but i've I don't never know gotten if she that could take the business like and i'm trying to remember it has been a minute since i saw tiger king yeah obviously i remember feeling like i do remember feeling like she was in a corner because don lewis was and uh, like see now it's fuzzy i don't even i almost don't want to speak on it because i don't remember it well enough um, but it did look bad for her in that moment because it looked like he was sort of moving on right. or trying to talk up other women or something, and she would was possibly going to lose the rescue or something. I, but see, I don't remember, so I, I don't even want to talk. I don't. I, it, I would have to rewatch that episode. I'm about to say I don't remember, but I mean I remember there were some things that were very suspicious. Like remember, was it his will? I think. The where, will is suspicious. Right, where it was kind of like, and then I think it was like Don Howe's secretary was like, here are some suspicious things that I saw that were kind of weird. I don't know. That's, I why, mean, that's why it's a mystery. But here's the thing. If all those weird things happened and the police still weren't able to find anything, right? I mean, maybe those are literally just coincidences. It could be. That's I don't the know. thing. We don't know. We don't know. All right, so enough about Miss Carol Baskin. Mm. Uh, let's get to the other super villain that we... T- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just compare me to Carol Baskin? No, only lovingly. No, no, no. This is one of our very best friends, one of my best friends uh, from college and work. We worked with him back in the day. That guy Kramer and his new co-host, Jess. Welcome. To the Uncensored Podcast. Yes. Um, so just to catch you in the uh, platypus pussy up. Yeah. Um, so Kramer, we used to work with him um, in Panama City and Tampa for a brief stint. Then he went on to Phoenix, to San Diego, where he met Jess. Mm. And now they do a morning show in Baltimore. Yes. Doing a fantastic job for the past few weeks. And then Kramer said, hey, I need to have y'all on our podcast about a story that happened back in the day. 
Now, yeah. what's going on? So we, Holly Miguel and I had a very, uh, a very interesting radio story together because when we first started, it was, uh, it was like the wild, wild west because we were in Panama City, Florida. It was almost complete chaos because there was no one there to really guide us along like along the route or like show us the ropes by yeah. any means. They just threw not us like, in a room and said, hey, go do radio. Basically. <laughs> and not only that, but we were working in like the jankiest of conditions. Yeah. So I'm surprised that the mic, well, just to, to give you a, a, a clear representation of what our studios were like, every time it would rain, the transmitter would turn off. <laughs> Yes, and then I would have to get my very Hagrid from Harry Potter uh, light and go to the transmitter site to try to, like, get the hamsters running and to turn it back on. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the transmitter site was basically like that shed in the original Jurassic Park movie <laughs> when it's raining and, like, all the dinosaurs have gone loose. Like, that's yeah. what it was like. Yes, and I had a raincoat yeah. and galoshes on you trying to get in there. trying to get steal the, yeah, that's, that's what happened when it rained. So that just gives you an idea of like what we were working in. Not only did we just have crap equipment, we also just had a team around us that everyone had a story. Like every single person was like a criminal uh, or some type of had some kind of sexual harassment charge against them. Yeah. Uh, Just it was it was the the island of misfit the island one hundred six of misfit toys. Mm. (laughs) It was though. It really was. I was. I'm just now thinking about everybody, and I'm like, oh man, there were some characters. place so the story i want to talk about today is the time because in most radio studios like the one the, the hot 101.5 or here in baltimore at mix 106.5 like we have especially the one here i don't know how long you guys have of a delay but we have a 30 second delay oh. wow, wow. ours 20 ours is 16 seconds oh no See, i don't know mm-hmm. oh i know yeah. i keep so my 30 seconds like, wow. ain't nothing getting, and basically how would you guys just like describe what a, a radio delay is for you know having no idea so basically if you if somebody cusses on the air we have a big button that says dump and you hit it and then it basically deletes the past like few seconds that what what they have is 30 right we have have 16 16, and it deletes that takes that chunk of time out so by the time you hear it you don't hear what was taken out and then it kind of slowly catches itself back up to putting itself ahead again so you can take out a slice of audio and no one ever knows listening right so then you just hear usually us being like whoa whoa what did you just say (laughs) oh we had to delete that we always make a big damn deal about it yeah now that piece of equipment cost about four hundred dollars okay it's not like it is a giant piece of uh, a giant investment by any means no but when you're working in the Island 106 of Misfit Toys, oh dear. Uh, there is not a dollar spent that doesn't need to be. So we are basically in the studio and there is no safety net, meaning nope. that if one of us were to cuss, yep. but more, more freaky, if a caller were to cuss, there's absolutely nothing that we can do about it, right? No, nope. it just goes. Holly, if I remember correctly, yep. wasn't your ex-husband an yep. offender of this? Yeah, but I mean, and I, <laughs> I he remember. is my ex-husband for a reason. But uh, <laughs> in in his defense, we couldn't put non-radio people on the air and expect them to abide by radio rules. No. 
ever. And he it's like not their fault at all, by the way. No, no it's out, it was so the radio. Station. He called in one day and it was the first day of school. I remember it this. It was. It was the first Jesus. day of school. And I don't even know why he called in or we called him because we weren't married at the time. I think we were just dating. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about how he took a boat out. And I don't remember the full story, but I just remembered that in his story, he said the boat started sinking or something like that. He was like, it was crazy as shit. <laughs> so I, think what he, I think what he said was there was a shit ton of water. That's it. That was it. Yeah. Like, there was a shit ton of water. It was shit. I don't remember what, but yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I think it was I, I, shit Trust ton. me, every time that Cusco word goes on the air, you'll never forget the story. It was, no. well, That's what I'm saying. Because I'm like, it was something with shit and it was something about a boat sinking. So it was a shit ton of water was in the boat. You pulled him off the air so fast and then you yelled at me and you yelled at him. It was a bad day. Oof. <laughs> But he was pretty new, though. Were you guys married at that point? No, no. We weren't engaged. We were literally just probably like maybe three months into dating. Yeah, because I had I'd only been there for two months or maybe a month when that happened because I got there July of 08. And I think this was August because I remember it was the first day of school and Kramer was like, we got to be perfect. We're going to have all these new listeners listening. Uh, now here comes my boyfriend. He was full of shit. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. and I was, and I told him after I'm like, never call again. Just oh. don't. <laughs> we don't want you. Four days straight. He's still yelling. Yeah, that happened. So that happened. Well, you never like, it's funny because we will like never forget these moments. Now, now the statute of limitations is over. I feel like we can we can talk about this story because I feel like for the past decade, I've kind of been on pins and needles because <laughs> there was a time that I literally said fuck mm. on the radio. Yeah. Do you guys remember this? Yeah, you know what? I do know that you said it, but I need help jogging my memory. Unlike that Chris conversation where <laughs> the, the boat full of water and shit, I don't remember the, the story that caused you to say that. Mm-mm. Do you remember Miguel? I, <laughs> I remember. I remember exactly what. I bet you, you do. Don't forget a moment like this, right? I, I, yeah, I don't remember fully. I'm trying. I, it's not coming to me. So something had happened. You guys know me. Like if one thing were to go wrong, I was off the rest of the show. Yes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And since we're working with the world's jankiest equipment, it wasn't unlike every show for something to go terribly wrong in it. So some kind of computer issue had happened. And I was obviously like in my head, I think a couple of things may have gone wrong with the computer that day. And we come on and we're about to do, I think we're about to do, cause I remember it was, it was a very Holly centric bit. It may have been Holly shops, Panama city um, or, or something like that. Yeah. Mm. But so I remember we came on the air and we're, Hey, yeah, I don't want six. It's that guy Kramer show, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, and like something had like malfunctioned right there. And I said something like, God, now the computer went wrong. It's not like we're trying to run a fucking radio show up here or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like in that moment, I died. Oh. Like my radio soul died. Yeah. And we didn't have it because we didn't have a dump button. So there's nothing that we can do. Do you guys remember that now, that feeling? Yes, I do know now. And you know what I remember doing? Because I didn't remember the story or what had happened, but I know that you said it. And I know that as as a, the most radio professional that I could muster, I just acted like nothing had happened at all. And I was like, crazy, right? So anyway, um, <laughs> I think I started talking really high and fast after that and trying to like just brush it under the rug. <laughs> 
it was so uncomfortable. So then now you're stuck with the aftermath, right? Of like, what is going to happen when these mics turn off? Like, who's who's going to say something? Because obviously, something someone's going to say something. Is a listener going to complain to the FCC? Is our GM going to bust in the door? Our program director going to bust in the door? And do you guys remember the aftermath of that? I just remember my butthole hurting because I was so <laughs> tensed up afterwards that I was like, oh, God. Did Chris Allen say something? Nobody said a goddamn oh. word. That's right. I remember that it was like it just floated out into the universe yep. and then it just disappeared. Well, that's the thing. And for like you listening, obviously you are probably not familiar with radio stuff, but like that can happen. Like it, you said fuck on the air mm-hmm. and it went out. No delay. Nothing. Just boom. But it's like it never happened unless two people complain to the FCC. Because and, Michelle, then, what's that fine, by the way? It's like three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars or something. Yeah. yeah, I believe it's more now. I think it's Is been it upped since back then. I think it's around like four hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars or something like that. Uh, 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 yeah, and it's per f per yes. f. Yeah, yeah per so word. That, that one moment alone. Could have come. I mean, they would have had to shut down Magic Broadcasting. Like, there's no way that place is worth four hundred thousand dollars. Oh know? no, I think they sold it for like twelve ninety nine. Twelve dollars and ninety nine cents. Yes, correct. <laughs> that may be true. It, it, well, it there is. was one person though, and I want to remember. See if you guys remember this moment. Um, remember Lou Ann? Yes, the salesperson. Yes, I do remember Lou Ann. Mm-hmm. So I remember. It may, I think it's maybe later on that that day. She calls me into her office and she's like, "Hey, um, so I want to be honest with you. Like, like I heard what happened today, oh. but I'm not gonna say anything. And if anybody asks me if it happened, I'm gonna totally deny it. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> that, she had your back. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. I think I feverishly sent Miguel over to delete any kind of proof that word was said to. And it, y'all, it was not. It was not just like a like an aside. It wasn't no, just like a, it was. It was like trying to run a fucking radio show over here. Oh my god! Even yeah. when you say it now, like my butthole tenses I up got, again. I'm like, I mean, well, check my board to make I'm, sure we're not on the air right I now. I know, like literally every time someone said a bad word, I keep checking to make sure nothing's in program one. I'm like, yeah. no, we're good, we're good, okay, we're good, we're good. But that was like the good and bad thing about back then, because like right now. If we say anything bad over the radio and let's say it slipped out, like the radio station here is recorded in like 20 different places. Yeah. So like yeah. someone's going to hear it. But back then, if I didn't hit record on one of the other computers, it was just out forever. It was just done. It just went out to the universe. Yeah. No one was listening. No one was transcribing anything. Nope. And so it just totally went out into the universe and never happened again. And nobody complained. So it didn't happen. Oh. <laughs> radio will never be the same ever again. Like it will never, that will never, no other radio morning person will ever have that kind of luxury again to no. be able to say fuck and get away with it. But somehow I did. And a decade later, that had to have been 2009-ish. Uh, I'm was, here to tell a tale. Still out here in these streets, man. Think it was, I actually think it might have been 08. Yeah. 08? Yeah. Long time ago. Out here in the streets. I mean, I remember when we first got to Tampa, and I think it was, no, it was the next year, our second year here, and we did this, we did the, um, what is it called, that old April Fool's bit, the uh, pet tax thing. Oh, Um, yeah. 
I don't want that story. Yeah. Oh God. Um. <clears throat> I re- It was where we had a commercial where Holly. Or no, it was a different person voicing it. Where it yeah. was just like, "Hey, Bay County. That's where the county where Panama City is. Um, we are instituting this new pet tax. So if you don't uh, come and pay your taxes, we're going to like collect your. You have or- to. You have to uh, turn in your animal if you don't pay. Start paying the tax on it. <laughs> right. Or pay a fine so or like, something. Like- starts Monday. Call this number to get your pet registered. And so then people would call the number. And then when they were like angrily waiting to, you know, talk about this pet tax, it would be us on the voicemail being like, surprise. April Fools! April Fools! There's no pet tax. We got you. Ha right. ha ha! And you also have to remember the political climate of the time because Obama had just been, uh, did just been voted in. And it was like, like all the new Obama taxes were going into place. Oh, that's and right. So you got to keep in mind, we're in like the Bible belt, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't think anyone voted blue, maybe three of us. And um, literally, so it was like the Obama, you know, thanks to President Obama and his new taxes. Oh, yeah. about, you know, so you can just imagine the calls we got over that. I mean, it was just like people were like, F you. A lot of people, most people <laughs> were just like, ha ha, got me. You had me worried. And then like one woman was like, I dumped my pet off in the she woods. Was like, and- I hope you're happy because my daughter is at school crying because I told her we're going to get rid of Fluffy today. And I'm going <laughs> to the place right now to drop her off. I was like, ma'am. Maybe stop. It was a lot. Well, (laughs) we did that here in Pan or in Tampa, and I don't think we had a producer then. And so I was working really fast. Where you know we used to stretch out everything over like days there, but here it was like we did it once, and then we played off the phone calls we got. And I was trying to edit really fast. Well, I missed one lady. And so we're like, oh, my God, we got you. Ha, ha, ha. Here's some of the funny voicemails. And it was like, oh, gotcha. And then the next one, I will never forget it. It was this lady with a deep southern accent. And she was like, ha, ah, that was fucking funny as shit. <laughs> and now, mind you, we've only been in Tampa for a year. Our program director that hired us has already got has already left. So I'm like. Our career is over. <laughs> like we, I just let a phone call air in Market 18 with someone saying "fucking shit." I think I broke the dump button. I have never hit it so hard in my entire life. I was like, "This is it. We're done." And then nothing happened. I actually forgot about that. I didn't. I, apparently not. My butthole still hurts from it. We had to hit. We actually said "fuck" on the air the first. Well, Jess, was it the first week we were here or second week? It was. It was really early on. We didn't owe from the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. no, but you played me though. We it was only said because you played me. Yeah. And we 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 like played back a clip from the podcast, and we we say "fuck" every like two seconds. And I trust <laughs> this man with my life, praying that he don't put me out there like that in these streets and he did so it was one of those things and miguel you remember this this happened to us in panama city a couple of times where like things are going so fast and like you may not hear it until it goes on the air because it's maybe said under somebody's breath or Mm -hmm. something and so literally we take our uncensored podcast and and it was a a clip about something i forget what we're talking about and jess had kind of just like just kind of uttered it like kind of like quietly so when i was editing i didn't really hear it but then yeah it's like our first or second week on the air here in baltimore and literally it's like blah 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 fuck and i'm like oh oh, oh, my God. oh gosh oh. i can't tell you though think, thinking of the uh, stories now back in panama city i can't tell you how many times cuss words went over the air from spring break audio oh oh god well, how, oh. it's almost like how could 
you're not. There's right. so know, much background noise. I couldn't. By the way, I was thinking about Panama City actually like last week because I was yeah. driving down and there must have been like a lot of palm trees I was seeing on whatever road I was on. And I suddenly got brought back to like spring break time, Panama City, Thomas Drive, mm. La Vila, oh my where gosh. it's just like packed out and no one's wearing any clothes. Yes. And we would go do the spring break audio. And I was like, what? actual fuck were we doing <laughs> we went out multiple years and got wasted with these spring breakers in the name of quote radio bits uh, like i would like to correct that statement oh, sorry y'all went sorry. out every year i would always have a broadcast jess let me just tell you how horribly <laughs> i was treated back then jess okay <laughs> So Holly and Kramer would always be like, all right, we're going to go get spring break audio. And it was always a day when I used to have other broadcasts during the day. So then I'd be like, all right, well, I'll just come find you all. So I would show up two hours in. Both of these bitches were drunk and they'd be like, oh, we're going to go to some people's hotel room and (laughs) count beer cans. And I'd be like, yes, and I'd be sober as hell and be like, well, now I got to drive y'all fucking home now and then try to somehow make sense of this audio. Yeah. Oh, y'all were those type of friends. Yeah. I'm sorry. The white, the white people. Notice, notice the white people versus the not white people in this conversation, okay? Like, it's uh, pretty obvious of, of, of who is the reckless of the of the two races. Mm-hmm. We were the worst. Literally, uh, like, yeah. I, and I got so drunk that one year. Oh, my God. We did a keg stand with purple drink. Oh god! <laughs> yeah. I wish I was there, y'all. It's, it's so weird. It's it's so funny hearing these stories because then this man is like, "I'm going to bed at six. I don't eat meat. I'm vegan ass over here. Like, I need my apples and crackers. I hate you." I'm like, "What the fuck?" I was, I was pretty wild, wasn't I? Like, no, wait, wait. Was I wild? No, wait. Don't get it twisted. So like, <laughs> yeah, no, don't, no, Jess, no, no, don't, no. because that was like the two or three times a year he yeah. would do that. That's why and then it was that a was big it. deal. That was it. Because then whenever we would have, oh, here's my favorite. This oh. is my my favorite. Kramer has never enjoyed getting drunk outside of like right after college with us. When you moved to Panama City, you like you turned 65. You pretty much. You were done. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this was like the epitome of what it was working with Kramer back in the day. So remember the bitter ball we did years ago? We tried to organize it at La Vila. It was the first one? I think it was the first one. We spent all this time planning. It was like we had like a a, a mismatch board. We were the promotions department too. Oh, yeah. We did everything. Like we did. There was no staff. It was us. Yeah. So we promoted hey, it. Really quick, let, let me explain Bitterball. So Bitterball mm-hmm. was basically a singles party on Valentine's. If you're single, you come out to the Bitterball. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we planned all this thing. Like, it was a great turnout. We were supposed to be there from, like, let's just say, like, 7 till midnight or something like that. Yeah. So we get there. We're setting up all afternoon. And then I remember Kramer gets there a little late with his now ex-wife. And then you look at us and you're like, y'all, I'm sorry, I can't stay. I got explosive, explosive diarrhea. diarrhea. That was I that. that was no. always your yes. excuse for every you were like, yes. I got explosive diarrhea. You, you, bitch, someone should have checked your butt. I don't think it's a true story. No, this is not a true story. Is. I believe them. I believe I believe them. I someone believe needed them. to check your gut. <laughs> Anytime there was something that you did 
did not want to do. You had explosive <laughs> diarrhea. I can't tell you how many times. I I'm pretty I'm 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 pretty sure that's not a true story. Yeah, sure not a true story. Yep, yep. Listen, if no, I okay. Let me tell you why. And then let me tell you why I, I had to calm down on drinking. It's all because the very first time I ever went to Panama City, Miguel, I think my life changed that night. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I mean, um, yeah, that was pretty do you bad. Wanna, you, mean, well, you want to tell them the story or do you want who's who going to tell the story? Yeah. So this is when we were living together right after I graduated from Georgia Southern and we were living in Savannah together. And you got the call from our old boss who was now in Panama City saying, hey, Kramer, come interview and check out this radio station in Panama City. And we were in Savannah. And so you asked me to come with you for your interview. So we went to Panama City, and Chris Allen was driving us around and showing you the radio station, and it was, like, so cool. And then the afternoon guy, Kato, uh, and the midday guy, or night guy, Spoon. And Pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bobby Black, to be fair, who was, like, the oh, loudest person ever. Remember him? Bobby yes. Black was a sales rep from New York, and he would be like, we're going to get wasted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember because you and I had like it was like literally a 24 hour trip that we were driving right. there to go let you have lunch and see you do the interview. Then we're going to leave in the morning to get back for work. Well, he was like, hey, we want you all to go to Club La Vila. Oh, my God. And if you've ever done spring break in Panama City, you know, the largest nightclub in the USA, Club La Vila. R.I.P. It's all done now. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, is it closed down? Well, I guess is it COVID or is it before? No, that, no. That, that place should have been shut down in probably 1996. Yeah, no, it was actually Hurricane Michael took yeah. it out. I mean, they I don't oh, even wow. think they could rebuild it. I mm, haven't seen. Okay. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's been done since then. Rest in peace, Club La Vila. Right. Um. Well, our first taste of it was when they were like, "Hey, we want you to experience Club La Vila because we do a lot of business with them and they pay a lot of our bills." So we need you to go. We were like, at one point, like later on in the years, we were like, it could be La Vila 106. Yeah, literally. literally. Well, yeah. you and I looked at each other and we said, all right, we're just going to go for one drink. Just one, one drink. drink. Like, we can do, like we can totally do one drink. Right? One drink. Like, just one drink. We're going to be in and out. Like don't dick around. We'll be home by nine and we get back on the road tomorrow. That's the biggest lie y'all ever told. Fast forward, 4 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Oh, shit. Kramer's making out with some girl who looks pregnant on the dance floor. Um, we are, like, in the back on top of people that are dropping us off at the hotel. We end up waking up, me on the balcony with my laptop open. Of the hotel? Of the hotel. I had been crying on my laptop, oh, talking Jesus. to somebody. Not that. Kramer was over, hunched over the bed with his pants around his ankles and cheese it's in his mouth. <laughs> what? I mean. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're not sure what happened that night. Because I swear <laughs> to God, I woke up with my pants around my ankles. And I don't know what happened on that evening, but I also know that I had Cheez-Its in my mouth and it, like completely disintegrated. Yeah. I must have like fall. I must have passed out like mid Cheez-It eat. Oh <laughs> I don't remember that part of the story. Jesus. Oh, yes. We, got, we, we may have had sex that night. I oh. can't confirm or deny that we did. We very well could have. That's I don't why know. Miguel was crying. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy 
You know, I may need to go and check my old blog from back in the day and see if there's like a draft or something from that night. I'm laughing at y'all like I also didn't have some crazy movie experiences. Don't start. Don't I didn't... start. Like, I got plenty of Holly stories too, so let's just... That was, a, that was a, a den of sin is what that was. Oh that was bad God. news. I can't tell you all the terrible things that happened in that place. I actually, I'll tell this really quick story. I don't think I'll be able to put this on my podcast, but you guys can put it on yours. Um, I remember that the first night my ex-wife and I, I don't even want to tell the story. It's so disgusting. Um, We went to, we went to Club La Vila and listen, there was like no rule. Like everything was on limits. Like there was nothing that was too seedy, too drunken, too anything. And so I remember that we started like making out and then we went to the back of the beach and I was trying. Can I say what I was trying to do? Or I, I don't. I, I'm. I'm on a hot AC radio station Ooh, now. So why don't you? Well, this microphone. Yeah. Why, why don't you just radio it just in case people do listen to our podcast that yeah, are listeners yeah, yeah, of yeah, yours? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, we started like just doing like some touching, right? Some touching yep. of each other. Yeah. And she, it was uh, a, a certain female time of the month. Uh, and I, I did not care. Oh. Elevela. In Lavila, right in the Lavila. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Did Joe go all the way at Lavila? No, never. Uh, Did you? No, no, no. But we, I did definitely some like pretty deep making out and and handsiness. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, if your genitals didn't get touched at Club Lavila, you really did it wrong. You weren't at Lavila if you. (laughs) Hold on. Remember the gay person over here. Nothing ever happened to me. I always had to wait till y'all fools went away. And then I went over to the splash bar yeah, I where I was then touched there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. It was a little different and at that time of in the history. Wow. Um, by yeah. the way, just to provide you some context, because there was a there are like there were seven or eight different clubs within La Vila. They had yeah. like, you know, the Thunderdome mm. and um was, it, was there a pussycat lounge? The pussy- Pussycat yeah. Lounge. Yeah. What was that other one? Oh my God, the one that was like that was the lower level. But you, oh would, yeah, uh, something lounge or um, it was a lounge too. Lava lounge. Pussy, or there something. was a Pussycat Lounge that was up. I, I, looked, I, let me let me see this. There's got to be like a Wikipedia page of Flub La Vila, right? Okay, like, let's. We'll pull that up because oh, there was the dark room. Oh, the dark oh, yeah. room. Yeah, I and I think one. the Pussycat Lounge was actually the one that kind of looked like it belonged in Fifty Shades of Grey because they had like big paintings. <gasps> yes. of oddly nude women in it like mm-hmm. it was so freaking weird but the one wait ultra Cl- no ultra lounge uh, ultra, ultra lounge right. okay yeah in the ultra lounge which was on the bottom and they had a country bar too whatever they had beds y'all oh they had so literal beds and i know for a fact that people oh, were yeah. having sex on those beds oh, at God. like you know one two three in the morning on like 100%. heavy party nights Okay, I want you to tell me who you think wrote the Club La Vila Wikipedia it page. Tell, you know, people it, can write their own ones, but I want you to try to guess who wrote this, okay? Did, it tells go. you who wrote it? <laughs> I just want you to guess if you can tell by the first sentence alone. Here we go. Okay. Club La Vila is a nightclub owned by Patrick and Thorsten Pfeffer. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, obviously. Patrick Pfeffer. Oh, P-Feff. Oh, wow. <laughs> how is that the first seven words in your Wikipedia page? Because like, that's how he is. How do you describe him? How do you describe Patrick Pfeffer? Well, he's European, first of all. Yes. Yeah. And he's very, like, he's very just stereotypical European. Like, think about, like, a, a, a European guy from the late 90s, early 2000s, yes. 
with like frosted tips that just was like ready to go at all times. At all times. And he was like, I almost feel like was always like ready for sex on a moment's notice with any new woman. Yes. And would always wear. Or just for fun like, every day, you every know, day. like it was an aspirin. Every day. And the bad thing is, is that like the fashion that he wore, I'm sure was like, you know, cutting edge in Europe, which was, I want to say like, where was it? Denmark? I don't even know where. I don't remember where it was from. But um, he would wear these, like, you know, brand names. He would have, like, Dolce & Gabbana clothes and, like, Louis Vuitton clothes. And it was so expensive for, like, Panama City. Like, oh, my god, Nobody yeah, yeah. dressed like that. No. So he kind of looked like he was a circus performer a little yeah. bit <laughs> because his clothing was so outlandish. And he would have, like, yeah, he these really $1,000 sunglasses. It yeah. was so it was so over the top. Yeah. He was actually a super nice guy though. Like yeah. a super nice guy. I don't know. Uh, I think he I don't think he well, you know what? This is a podcast. I'll leave it. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, you know what? We're gonna leave it. That's fine. He was <laughs> Are y'all kicking me off now? This is no. my, no. my no, 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 no. We're no, just no. we're just, you know, then it gets into like Awkward yeah, stories yeah, yeah. of Awkward other. Awkward stories later on. Yeah. After when this when conversation we... will not be. I will not be on this podcast today, all will I? No, you will. I'm just saying, like when we came back to Panama City without you, and then yeah. you weren't there anymore. Because I feel like between you and Kate, like Cato was always the La Vila guy, but then after a while, he wasn't working with us anymore, and it was an interesting thing that happened with who was supposed to be the La Vila DJ mm-hmm. and Patrick Pfeffer. Oh, yeah. So it, was, it got a little awkward the second time around. Not we, the guy with the 24 share or 34 share. No. But that's okay. That's no. fine. Well, it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Congrats, Kramer and Jess <laughs> on your morning show in Baltimore. How is it going? <laughs> Jess, you haven't... <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're on a hot AC radio station, so none of this can actually air back. Oh. <laughs> now, we, we will, we will deny all of this, by the way, right? We'll deny any of us that any of this stuff. We're, we're a wholesome family radio station over here in Baltimore. No, mm. I won't. I'll, I'll, I'm going to release my tell-all story. <laughs> I don't think that balcony at La Vila will say the same oh. thing. Hello. Um, hi, you okay, wait. wait, can we do theme rooms really quick, please? Yes, wait, please. you found them? I want to hear them. So I'm actually, clublavila.com still exists. So. Oh, that's a that's a relic for you. Um, so there was the so I'm having to scroll because the website's literally from like probably 2006. Um, they had the da, 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 the VIP lounge. Um, oh, I remember it's, it was up on the top of the Thunderdome. Privé? I don't remember Privé. That must have been something new. That must have been after we. Got yeah, it. they may have renamed that one. Okay, there was the the rock room. Remember that the rock <gasps> yes. arena. I actually really like the rock arena because every now and then like a C-level rock band would come through and you could watch them perform in the rock room. I think this one was what they turned downstairs into the two buck saloon. Yes. That was what ultra lounge used to be. That's where people, that was where the beds were, right? I think so. I think that, that, that ultra lounge became that two buck saloon because they already had something similar to ultra, but yeah, that's what that turned into. And that's the only one that's given me on their website. So that's it. What about the Thunderdome? What about the Pussycat Lounge? I know. Remember their and the dark room and the, all these. There was like seven. Remember their teen bashes they used to have during the summertime. Yeah. For people under eighteen. Imagine that. I I don't even want to know what happened. We I never actually. I don't think I went over into that area. So they had a whole separate teen club over uh. there. 
Yeah. Um, like Holly, eight, can you imagine eight. sending your seven, your daughter, or she's seven now, but when she's like <laughs> middle school and she's like, I want to go to. <laughs> 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 Bitch wishes she would not be put in the foot. <laughs> No, I'll, I'll don't just tell worry. her. Don't worry. The staff there's got her. She'll be fine. Yeah, I bet they do. I would yeah. be like, if you go there, you're you probably going to die. No. Just so you know. <laughs> She's, That's like, where I'm pretty sure Club La Vila is where the coronavirus started. Like I, I would literally be because she's really scared of dying. And so I try not to do this often, but I'd be like, mm, that can cause death. Oh, holy. well, I had one time she tried to prank me. She was like, I just ate a bunch of soap. And I was like. <gasps> Do I have to take you to the hospital? And she was like, what? I'm like, do I have to call poison control? Uh, Are you going to die? And, she, and like, she freaked out so bad, which I do feel bad about. But now it's actually bitten me in the butt because, like, probably 12 times a day, she's like, mom, can I put my finger in my mouth? And I'm like, what? Why is it? She's like, my hands clean? I'm like, did you wash them? Yes. Then yes. Like, oh she still God. sucks her thumb at night and stuff. I know. Just don't, whatever. Don't get on my shit. And so <laughs> she'll be like, can I put my thumb in my mouth? And I'll be like, did you wash it? Yes, but is the soap toxic? Uh, <laughs> she thinks for the rest of her life now, everything she's gonna be so paranoid is toxic. Like literally, one time she accidentally, accidentally, like bumped into like the wall or something, and she's like, "Am I gonna die?" <laughs> I'm like, "God, what did I do? <laughs> Why did I have to say that shit?" So anyway, yeah, She'll she would therapy. not be going to La Vila. Thank you very much. I love yeah. it. Well, yeah. congrats, guys, on the show in Baltimore. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Jess, you've been quiet. Do you want to say anything before we let you go? <laughs> no, poor Jess. I know, I'm sorry. I've been over here like working and stuff. Um, I love y'all. I'm a stan. <laughs> Team again on Holly till I die. Uh, tell Scott I said what's up. Will do. I love you guys. Where is Scott, by the way? Uh, there? Yeah, no, he's not here today. He's been dealing with some family stuff. He'll be mm -hmm. back next week. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, TTT. Where do you find me? At T-T-T-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Yes. Literally my favorite part of your podcast. I don't know what it says about your program. But you know what? At least you listen to the end. So I'll take that. Hello. Hello. Do y'all want to give your social media pages before we go? Sure. We're at Kramer and Jess on Instagram. Kramer with a K. And we have an uncensored podcast, too, that you can get on all of your favorite listening podcast places. Oh, my God. I just realized I'm not following Jess on freaking Instagram. Oh. That okay, is my... Now, everyone. I'm J-E-S-S-D-U-I-T-T. Okay. Love it. I got you. Holly's now finally following you. I've been following you for years now, Jess. You know what? I'm the worst about doing that. So that's just my fault. I'm sorry. I I thought that I was following you, so that's my bad. There we go. I love it. Well, you guys have a great Halloween weekend. Be careful. You know Kramer's going to get crazy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'll be I'll be wild. All right. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Careful of that explosive diarrhea. Oh, my God. Bye. Bye. Oh, gosh, what crazy times those were back then. But for in the real, day. though, he always used explosive diarrhea. I got that explosive diarrhea. Somehow it would always crop up if we had to, like, drive really far for an event. <laughs> oh, that crazy so-and-so. Oh, my gosh, I am so tired. I can't do anything else today. I'm I, done. I, I just, 
And I have a ringing in one of my ears. Like, what is going on? It's it's time to go. Uh, well, thanks to Carol Baskin that yes! joined us today. God, that was feel like it felt like two podcasts ago. I know, right? Kramer and Jess, mm-hmm. Holly. Where can people find you? Radio on- Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Find me at Miguel Fuller. Bye. Catch up, catch up. Catch up with the episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored podcast from Hot One Hundred One Point Five. Just hit up the Hot One Hundred One Point Five app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.